You're listening to the Things You Don't Hear in Church podcast, a show where your hosts, Darian and Ethan, discuss the controversial topics often avoided by the church. They also discuss culture, society, and everyday goofs. And now, Darian and Ethan. What's up, everybody? We are back. Welcome live. to Things You Don't Hear in Church this podcast. This is live. We are live as you're watching this. <laughs> it's definitely coming through real time. Right now, live. Even though... I might be with some of you watching right now as we speak mm-hmm. in, in the flesh. If you're listening, it's live. If you're listening. Streaming live. Welcome. From Honolulu. You made it. Not everyone made it, but you did. Yeah. <clears throat> Congratulations. Congratulations. You did not play yourself. <laughs> well, today, it's an interesting topic. We're talking about a little bit, like, taking a little bit of a break from like all the I don't want to say like more serious things, but this is, it's not generic. I would say it's a very important topic, but it's one that's, uh, I would say more mainstream a little bit. Um, maybe people would talk about it, um, in the church a little bit, but I would say the points that hopefully we bring up will be points that the church doesn't bring up a ton and things that I think, um, would be very beneficial, beneficial. And so today we're talking about how to be a better Christian. You know, everybody always talks about it, how to be a better Christian, it's like, oh, you got to pray more. You got to read your Bible more. You know, like you all You have the, to go to church and tithe. Yeah, every Sunday. It's got to be 10% or more. So into this ministry, that will be a good a good starting. Right. Those are like classic answers. But we kind of wanted to talk about um, what we thought, like what our thoughts are on the subject um, of how in this day and age, in this society that we live in, so obviously we're a little biased or we're not going to be biased. We're going to be like our, our opinions are going to be slanted towards this culture a right. little more, right? Mm-hmm. What What's affecting us. Um, and, you know, that sort of becomes uh, more out of date um, of a statement of like we're just affecting our culture as the culture as a whole becomes more globalized because of social media and stuff like that. Um, you know, you see a lot of cultures um, even in Asia and the Middle East becoming much more westernized very fast, even um, even though the society economically isn't westernized yet, you see like the youth's mentality changing to be very westernized, which is very strange um, because of social media. So, and that statement sort of is becoming a little out of date. But yeah, excited the, for the global topic. culture, and yeah, I think some of the things that we're gonna share can be used in the global culture, wherever you are, at any stage in your life. At least what I have uh, thought of in my mind about how to be a better Christian, because being a Christian is not like a cultural thing. It's very anti-culture in a way, in that cultures more or less always reject Christianity because Christianity inherently tells them, hey, you're not living in accordance with God's laws, change, and well, culture doesn't like that, right? And so every culture in the world is not going to like it, and I think that some of the things that the Bible shares can be used to, but with everyone in, in the whole world, you know, I think it's going to be really good to to explore that idea. Okay, so the first point that I want to bring up into how a Be a Better Christian in today's culture um, is going to be a little generic. I'm going to go over it really fast just because I know it's generic, but I always got to say it as the first thing because it's something I see in, in everybody's life, in my own life um, as well, and that's just to take it seriously. You know, with anything, if you want to do well at it, you got to take it seriously. Um, I was watching an, a documentary about this um, high school and college basketball player who was amazing. He, he was uh, – I think he was the number three pick in the draft in like 2000, uh, 2011 or something. I can't remember exactly. Um, but he was a star in college, a star in 
um, in high school and stuff like that. And he got to the NBA and he averaged four points. And he had, that's amazing. He had that is six so... seasons yeah, in the NBA. That's... He did terribly. <laughs> it was because his like his, he was used to just being so physically dominant his whole life that as soon as he got to the NBA, he hadn't built any of mm-hmm. like the, the hard work that it took to actually be interested in the sport, um, to actually have the drive to be a champion. So he just fell off. You know, and it was apparent his mindset, and so it's similar with um, with pursuing Christ. And you have to be serious about it in order to like actually do well, because the world's going to be against you, right? People are going to be against you. The enemy's going to be against you. Life in general is hard enough to do, right? Um, it's going to be like a hard road. A lot of it. Christ obviously helps us, um, but it is hard to do. It's going to be a hard thing, and you got to be really serious about it if you actually want to do it, because you're going to have a lot of Roadblocks you got to overcome, but you can definitely overcome them with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, something that I was, um, I was listening to this podcast. Uh, it was a sermon by Matt Chandler. Uh, he's out of the Village Church in Texas, and it's a really good sermon. Uh, that church is great. I've never actually been there, but I've listened to a lot of his sermons, and I really like him. Um, one thing that he was saying that I really liked is he's talking about the hunger of God. You know, and that's kind of what I was thinking about. I was like, if you want to be a better Christian, like, what does that mean? Right. Some people can say, hey, go do this more. Hey, spend more time in the word. Hey, go do this. And I think those are good. I think spiritual disciplines are have a place and I want to talk about them. But I think none of that matters if you're not hungry for God. You know, if you don't care to follow, if you're not or if you're not like, maybe it's not like you don't care. Maybe it's not, it's more like a yeah just whatever i'm dismissing it i'm not going to take it seriously like you know Darius saying take it seriously or a desperation yeah like you want to care about it but if you're not desperate for it right you know like a like a serious hunger i was thinking about it like when you're hungry for food you're like upset until you have that food right and so the question i pose to myself and and maybe to all of us is like am i hungry enough to for god in the point that like i'm not going to be satisfied with anything until i get into his presence you know, not a bad uh, dissatisfaction where nothing makes me happy and I'm grumpy. That's not what I'm talking about. But I mean, like a deep soul thing where it's like, oh, man, are you like at this place? Are, are you in your mindset? And am I in my mindset at this place where I'm like, oh, man, like I, I can't have I'm having so much fun and work and, and hang out with friends. But like, I really just want to get to the presence of God. I don't I don't know that, you know, and I, I'm, I don't feel that every single day, every minute at all. Um, but I wonder how many of us have ever experienced that in general, right? Mm-hmm. And the idea of like staying hungry for God is so important because when you're hungry, you're going to go and pursue that thing that you're hungry mm-hmm. for. You know, people, we talk about like uh, when people get like really interested in finances or their job or they're getting, you know, a little bit more paid more and they get really money hungry, right? That's a term we've had. At least I've heard before. It's like money hunger. It's like all they can think about is getting money, money, money. Everything they do is to focus on getting money, money right? Money, 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 money. That's how we uh, support race. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's not true. At the foot of the cross. Money, <laughs> money. Dear Jesus. Money, money. money. <laughs> uh, right. And so we don't do that. Every no, we don't. Everyone focuses on that when, like, when you're hungry for something, you focus on it. That basketball player, right? was hungry for the the love of basketball and therefore well for yeah. most of it or be a champion or yeah. to be a champion he right? wasn't hungry but he should have been yeah. Yeah, yeah and so he was pursuing it to a point and then as you could see the, the real the depth of his hunger kind of showed when the rubber hit the road mm. and he was met with challenges yeah, yeah, yeah right and so for myself and for dairy and for you guys listening i just want to challenge us and ask like how hungry are we for the word of god 
you know, sometimes I wake up and my alarm clock goes off and I know I should get up and shower, make or make some coffee, shower and go read the Bible. And I just like lay there. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. I don't want to get out of my bed. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't, you know, but it's kind of revealing of that day like, that like what's happening in my, in my soul. And I probably need to look into that and reconcile that. And it's not saying that I'm not hungry at all. I definitely have like this desire in my heart to be with the Lord. Right. And I think, um, something that kind of like um doesn't help our hunger it it makes it easier is like supplementing or or forgetting about the that place of the lord you know when you are away from the presence of god for so long it's easy to then not be as hungry for it right it's like if when you work out and start eating healthy really uh, like really healthy your body starts craving to work out and your body starts craving healthy foods and then as soon as you kind of like get off track for more than a few days or maybe two weeks, maybe a month, you're kind of like, oh, I don't really care to work out anymore. I don't really care about eating healthy. I'm kind of satisfied with where I'm at. You know, that's how it can be spiritually where if you got to continually be giving your soul the food that it cherishes, which is the presence of God, or else it's going to go find that somewhere else. And the longer you spend in that somewhere else phase, the less time you're less inclined, the less hungry you're going to be for the presence of God. Yes. Very good. Another thing that I think um, would really help us be better Christians is learning how to not um, segregate your life into different sections, right? Of this is my work section and this is my like time with Jesus section and this is my time with my family section and this is my having fun section, right? And instead of like trying to figure out how to create lifestyles, you know, the... Mm. I think God created this life not only just to sanctify and make us holy, right? That's one of the main points of it. Um, but he created us also to be able to enjoy it. You know, he wouldn't have put things in this life that we could enjoy if that wasn't the case. And so learning how to enjoy the process of this life at every stage of it, whether you're at work, you're with your family, you're with him, you're struggling with something, to be able to enjoy and have the peace of the Lord through all of it, to be able to walk with him through every stage and like generally with him in every stage, um, and also be present with other people. It's it's a mindset change of having individual things that you're doing every day to I'm doing the same thing every day and my attitude towards all of it is the same of I'm enjoying this thing that Christ created for me to do with him and with other people. And then your evangelism starts to change from this is my evangelism time or even if you have an opportunity to share with someone at work or outside of work or something, it doesn't become like a time of evangelism. It just becomes... I'm enjoying life with God. I'm doing it with God, and this is a this is a product of me living my life with God. It's not something that I'm doing because I'm supposed to do it. It's just a product of my life now because I'm learning how to continue to live my life with the Lord. And so I think that would be something that would definitely help us all, like creating those lifestyles of change um, would help. Yeah, I've definitely um, like battled that. Right, I've had like, I've spent like so many uh, like subconsciously doing this. So like like years, I would just be like, I didn't get a quiet time this morning. I didn't like spend time with Jesus. A quiet time is time with Jesus, mm. right? It doesn't have to be quiet. It's just what we call it here. Um, but yeah, I would be like, oh, the morning passed. I started to work. I guess I will hang out with Jesus tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like, and my mindset would be like, like, like compartmentalize this thing. Because I do compartmentalize things so naturally. And so I'd have to like, no, Ethan, you can go and like read the Bible at dinner time. You can like, mm-hmm. you don't have to watch TV. You can go be with Jesus, mm-hmm. you know? And it's kind of like this funny thing where it's like, if I was planning on hanging out with Derry and like, I don't know, maybe we're going to hang out before work. And then I was like, oh, dude, I couldn't make it to breakfast. Mm. 
I guess I won't hang out at all, even though I have all the other time after work to mm. hang out. You know, it's kind of like, he'd be like, well, we can just hang out after work. It's like, nope, got to do it in the morning. Yeah. And it's like, what? That's not, that's not true. And so there's so much freedom. Also, I want to encourage you guys and us. There's so much freedom in what it looks like to spend time with the Lord. You know, you don't have to like read X amount of chapters and journal X amount of pages and pray an X amount of time. You know, it's really about creating a space uh, for you to enjoy the presence of the Lord. And I think you should be in the Bible. And I, and I want to get into those disciplines and stuff like that. But it doesn't have to be this rigid thing that if you mess up, God's going to be disappointed in you. You know, I think what would really help a lot of us in our walk with Jesus and taking it more seriously and hungering after him comes down to, are we accurately seeing the God that we serve? Hmm. You know, if we think of God as this tyrant up in the ether who's looking down and just waiting for us to mess up and then he's going to come to me and ask for repentance then yeah, we're not going to be inclined to, to follow him. Or if we think that he's this boss that we have to please and he's never going to be satisfied with our work, so to continue the work, we're going to burn out. You might do those disciplines, but your heart's not in it, so you're going to burn out. And when you see him as the Bible paints him, you know, as his father who's created humanity and earth and placed them in earth for them to enjoy and that everything in nature that is good is for us to enjoy and that God has given us this is like a like a playground per se not really he's called just a steward it but it's here for us to enjoy and then he says it's because i love you and i care for you and i'm going to show myself strong on your behalf i'm going to show you how much i care for you you know and he sent his son to to wipe away our punishment and give us life and we see god as the bible paints him as this god who loves us and if we keep running away and he keeps trying to course correct us and we keep running away and he keeps trying to like keep us on track. You know, when we see God accurately, then we're going to be more inclined to follow him. We're going to be more inclined to desire him, right? To to hunger him. Like you don't understand, you don't really want broccoli as a kid because you think it's gross. And at least for me, I grew up and I started loving broccoli and now I want broccoli a lot or green beans. I'm like, oh, it's so good. Because when I was a kid, I had a false perception of it and I grew up and I saw the benefits of it. You know, it tastes good when it's cooked with salt. It's a little bit crunchy. And it's got protein and it's really healthy for me. It's going to make me feel energized and and it's not going to make me feel sluggish, you know. Like that's kind of how it is with our spiritual life. When you see him in the, see God in the way that he's supposed to be seen, you're going to be more inclined to follow after him. And so if you don't really see him as the Bible portrays, that's okay. You know, you can pray and ask God and be serious that God help me see you the way you ought to be seen, you know, and then to continue those disciplines, but be praying that God help me see you the way that you're supposed to be seen, not how the culture sees you or not how my flesh wants to see you, but as you ought to be seen. Mm. Yeah. Anything else you want to say? Um, I mean, I could go for a little bit more, but you want to say some other things? Yeah. Um, the the two last things that I have to talk about, maybe I'll split them up. Um, they're more, um, I even say they're, they're less strictly spiritual, even though I'm sure they're still spiritual um, and more like, something that our society in total could do a better job at. Um, there are more challenges for our society. And I would say that, you know, Christians live in the society and are still human beings and are prone to follow um, what the society kind of lays out for it, just based on the framework of that society. Um, and so the first one I want to say we'd be good for Christians to notice um, is something that Christians should be really good at, which is cultivating community and fighting isolation. 
Um, mm. I would say like one of the main pitfalls of our generation is isolation, even though we're surrounded by entertainment and stuff like that. Um, we have community through screens a lot of the time, which can be genuinely good at times. Um, but actual like being with people and when be- you're being with those people, you're genuinely connecting and you're feeling things for people. People are feeling things for you and you're, you're genuinely having a connection of intimacy with somebody else. Um, I think is is generally rare now, and having people that care about you and will do anything for you and stuff like that. Um, I was reading a poll a week ago about how many friends people have nowadays, and it's ridiculous. Like that, there's a good amount of our society that don't have best friends whatsoever, and like the amount of friends that they have in total is like three, and it's just like the people they work with, right? Mm. And just because so much of our society now is full of isolation. And I'm sure it's due to a lot of different things, um, not just technology, but technology has like impacted it as well. Uh, mental health has a lot to do with it. Um, I think the way you know our society is now set up has a lot to do with it, and we could unpack it. We've unpacked it in, in other episodes too. But you know that plays into the Christian life as well, of where it's hard to go to church and actually connect and want to be with people, especially if you go to a large church. It's easy just to go and then you know leave at the end and you maybe say hi to some people, and you go out to eat with someone, maybe, and then you leave. You know what I mean? And you go home. Like, it's rare that you'd even go out to eat with someone, um, depending on the culture that you come from or what church you go to. Um, it's easy to just have that be, like, your one, like, spiritual experience, and the rest of the week, you're not with people. You go home after work, and you're tired, and you just watch Netflix or YouTube or TikTok or something like that, and then you spend, even if you're spending time with the Lord, like, you need to be in community with people, or else you're going to starve yourself. The Bible points to it over and over and over. The response of all the people in the Bible is as a group most of the time. And God's speaking to people as groups most of the time throughout mm. like the majority of the Bible. And so if we're referred to in groups and we reply in groups, most of the word, uh, the words that God's given us, like it makes sense that we're supposed to still be acting and functioning in groups, even though our society runs off of um, an individualism that's um, good in some ways and very unhealthy in other ways. Um, I would say that's one of the hardest things we have to fight in being able to fight against complacency in creating community because of the isolation that's taken a hold on us. We got to find out healthy patterns and disciplines um, that we can put into action every day to be able to create that community, right? It's going to take you being uncomfortable, you setting alarms to go and call someone or ask someone to genuinely hang out even if you don't want to, even if you know you're going to regret it later when you go to hang out with them actually doing it and learning how to be in their presence and like feel the intimacy of being with somebody else and sharing a conversation, sharing food, like sharing an experience, right? You have to learn how to actively do those things again once you haven't had them for a long time or once you've uh, sort of grown away from that kind of thing. You have to learn how to really value mm-hmm. those, uh, those one-on-one or even group interactions because especially as you grow up, it's harder and harder to find friends. Um, another discipline you can put in for uh, put into practice for even finding friends is actually dating apps. Like a lot of dating apps now will have an option and they'll say, are you here for a casual relationship? Like those are two different options. I like a casual dating experience, um, a relationship dating experience, or are you here to make friends? And you can click make friends and literally just put up your profile and like have people message you just to be friends with you. Right. Hmm. And it doesn't have to be the opposite gender. It can be both genders. You can you literally click for both genders and you can make friends that way. You know, honestly, we could be rid of a lot of the the harms of isolation if we just took disciplines, apply them to our lives and just started doing them. You know what I mean? It's hard to do to put a discipline into place, but think of how fast you could make one friend because people want to be with other people. 
you make that one friend and you talk to them and you get them to do those disciplines too. And pretty fast you can make a friend group. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? You can start inviting people from your work, from your church, people you find on dating apps, people you meet online, all that kind of stuff. You, you put a, a group together. Maybe it's around a sport. Maybe it's around a game. Maybe it's around an idea. Or maybe y'all are just friends that you like didn't want to be isolated. And now y'all hanging out sometimes once a week or whenever, you know? It's really important to create those disciplines that we can actually have with other people, um, you know, because being isolated leads to lots of different mental problems, uh, emotional problems, spiritual problems. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's super good. Um, isolation is, yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. I want to say more things into it, but man, I think there's a place for isolation at times in micro doses. And I mean, like, mm, micro doses. Like for me, right? So I'm, I'm so hip, right? Um, I microdose the word of God. I micro. Oh, you should make it. We should make a dose of that. Um, we should I'm, make a dose of an we, episode of that. We should no. We should make a dose it. Oh, mega dose. <laughs> we should call another episode microdosing the word of God. <laughs> call this episode that. No, 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 no. Oh. Um, Future episode. Well, yeah. our episode on on drugs. We can call microdosing the word of God. <laughs> Have some. Uh, you know that edit where you make the eyes like look like they're yeah, yeah, freaking yeah. out. <laughs> If y'all don't know what microdosing is, it's a really like popular thing right now where people will take fairly hard drugs or psychedelics like shrooms or acid, um, and they'll take small, small doses of it. So if you were to like say you were gonna just smoke weed, right? You would smoke an amount of weed that would make you high, right? Um, so if you wanted to microdose weed, you would take a small portion of what you would normally smoke, um, and you would take that. And so it would make you just a very small amount of high, right? So it would give you a little boost. And so people mm -hmm. will microdose it and do it all the time to, like, keep them at a consistent, like, upper. So they're not, like, really high, but, like, they're on a consistent upper the whole day. It's, yeah. like, what that is, basically. Yep. So. Doesn't matter at all. <laughs> just wanted to explain it. It's, fun. it's a fun topic. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So microdosing isolation and about what that means is, like, maybe go on a walk by yourself. But maybe if you spend so much time. I'm talking, like, from the perspective of my life where my job is consistently around people all the time doing things right and we're in like full-time ministry mm -hmm. so and we're both like in upper upper management of yeah. that you know so we're always talking to people and whatnot and so for us it's kind of like oh maybe i just want to be alone maybe for me in the morning mm -hmm. i just want to be alone before i start my data center but for maybe if you you like work all day and then you go home and you don't really do anything then yeah like maybe isolation in a could be like if you're if you're isolated, maybe just instead of being outside, go on a walk. Mm. You know, if you can, if you live in a place where you can do that. But yeah, that's super good. Like finding a community group. There's a lot of churches now who are doing cell groups. You know, I know that cell like groups. it's called cell groups, that's small the, groups. The worst name I've ever heard. That's it. what I've heard them called. Oh my gosh! You never heard that? Before? We're all just terrorist cell groups now. <laughs> Have you never heard that? Waiting before? to be activated. <laughs> no, I've never heard that. Activated is a charismatic term too. So you'd be like. Get in your cell group and be activated. That... Oh, no. Let's go blow up some buildings. <laughs> for the word of God. For the word. We take this for the, the next holy war. <laughs> oh, no. Someone asked about that in like Q&A on Instagram. They said, uh, what did they say? They said about the, um, what's it when the? The holy war? The crusades. They said the yeah. crusades. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All justified. That's not, they're not justified. They're not just... <laughs> Um, 
But yeah, find like a, a lot of churches have groups now in like smaller communities where they're trying to steward that, mm. right? Small so groups. if your church isn't maybe doing that, you could like you don't have to leave your church. But you one. can go to you could create one. Yeah, bring start it to your church. church. Start a church. Put that on your resume. There you go. Start a church. Started a church. You started a church. Uh huh. Where? Uh, Tin Church. You never came. <laughs> Did come. <laughs> came once the last time. I came a few times. All right. Um, Ten churches when our organization was on a lockdown for a long time because of COVID and we couldn't and all our churches were shut down. So no one was going to church. No one was coming to church. So Derry and a couple other people said Me and Lindsay. Yep. Started doing Tin Church. Yep. Where for a long time. Tin is where we meet. Probably for like six months. Yeah. And yeah. I why did I not it come? It got pretty big once. One time we got like ten or eleven people. Why did I not come? I don't know. I but you were sleeping no, most of the time. Sleep. Um sleeping. it would be <laughs> It would be. You just out. <laughs> it would. It would be. Uh, it was so random though. Like different amounts of people would come every time. It was very interesting. I'm gonna get back on topic because I had something to say. Is that right? Uh, no. Okay. Just kidding. Uh, no, I was just gonna say. Um, like plug into. No, yeah, a church, I was gonna say plug like, into a church, and then I was really hoping you would just keep going with what okay. you're saying. But yeah, just plug into a church and get to know people. Start a little small group yourself. It's hard, and I understand why someone wouldn't want to be in a group like that especially if you think you don't like people that's like why would you do that but it's needed you know why would you necessarily work out because it's needed almost done i'm done yeah okay cool um so <laughs> dairy's um, in a mood today he's um, been working non-stop for like four days no i've just been trying to be funny um what i was gonna say okay oh yeah to what you said earlier oh, no. you want to roast me again i will later about <laughs> um about the quality not the quality of time about how much time you spend with people during the day a lot of us have customer service jobs or work with people stuff like that some of us are teachers some of us are just in public and our job all the time we see people i would say it's not about how much you're around people it's about what being around those people means to you emotionally inside right it's going to be the quality of your time with those people that's going to change um like what it does to you for your community because you can feel isolated and alone and people do all the time and people kill themselves all the time that have um that have like very public relations oriented jobs where they're with people all the time right but it's are they being seen and heard in those like places or are they still feeling isolated even if they're still with people? Because mm-hmm. they could be with people all, all day and then feel tired because they're with people and go home be them, by themselves when really they were really just by themselves all day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even though they're with people, like right. still emo- emotionally, they're still by themselves. Right. So it's still easy to be isolated even when you have one of those jobs. Yeah. Um, I go to the next point? Go to the next point. Okay. The last thing that I want to bring up in this topic of how to be a better Christian is I was trying to think of sort of more abstract things. Um, I think one of the best things we can do as a culture is, and this goes for especially people who love to, you know, debate and argue. Like we love to do that. We love, I think, start me, a podcast. Me and Ethan are very motivated by like truth and purpose in life. And you know, some people aren't motivated by that. But for me, like a lot of my inspiration and a lot of my motivation and even a lot of my uh, like happiness, a lot of the time comes from uh, having a purpose. Um, and feeling like I know truth, um, or feeling like I have a claim onto truth, right? Or I, I strongly believe what I think to be is true. Um, and so when you like that a lot, it's easy to get like grounded in the one thing you believe and not be open-minded. And what I want to say towards being open-minded is, is not just like hold your beliefs loosely. Cause that's not a good idea. 
it's what you want to do is strongly believe what you believe. But when you're having a conversation with someone, try to be empathetic and put yourself in their shoes. So no matter what situation you're in, um, it's just it's just learning how to communicate, right? It's simple communication. You'll if you take a communication class in high school or college, the first thing they're gonna teach you is learning how to listen. They're gonna say one of the most important things you could possibly do is learn how to listen to somebody. And being an effective listener is a big part of it, being able to empathize, actively hearing what the person's saying, thinking about what they might be feeling as they're telling you what they're saying and what they might be ex- have experienced through what they're telling you in their worldview, in their perspective, how they could have that opinion and stuff like that. When if you're just viewing it analytically um, or like you're trying to um, beat their argument or whatever, it could it could easily be defeated, right? Like there's a lot of people who are just great at arguing and it's easy to defeat their arguments. Um, Jordan Peterson actually talked about this a lot. He said he like bashes himself a lot because he says, I'm way better. He says he's way better at arguing with than his wife is, right? And he said, it doesn't matter. Like if you're good at arguing, it doesn't mean you're right. It just means that you're good at arguing. And he said he could he could argue his wife into the ground all the time and make her cry. It doesn't matter if she's right or not just because he has the skill, right? But it has to be about like the communication between the two people and you learning how to empathize with that person because that's part of loving them, you know, and that's what Christ did. He understood that he was the truth, but that these people that didn't follow the truth needed to know him. And so he put them himself in their situation and was able to change them because he did that. And we need to be able to do the same thing of being able to understand where other people are at, what situations they're in, and then being able to, while putting ourselves in that situation, bring truth to that situation um, while understanding it both intellectually and emotionally so we can reach those people um, by being able to listen and empathize with people who are sharing their other viewpoints with us, right? And I think that skill comes from not being afraid to um, examine your own faith by having a secure faith, by actually have like having examined what you believe and knowing what it is so that you could um, be able to open yourself up to other people's opinions and arguments and experiences and emotions and hurts and, and all that kind of stuff so that you could bring what is true to their situation and to what they're going through. Very well said. Thanks. Yeah, that's. I don't have any other points to add to that. I really like that a lot. Okay, that's all I have to say on, on yeah. the topic. Um, I just want to encourage us before we go, you know, that in this pursuit of becoming a better Christian, it's it comes from a good place, you know, of wanting to be better. You know, being better is a mm. good desire. Desiring truth is a is a good desire, right? Now you might never be the highest favored like Ethan, but <laughs> yeah, you could I'm, be better. I'm God's favorite. Mm. We've talked about that in a couple episodes. Mm-hmm. If you are if new you're a G, here, you remember. Um, what is it? If you're a G, you remember. If you're a G. Serena probably remembers mm. three years listening to the podcast. Now it's her second shout out. Mm-hmm. So she's getting up Which there. Which I was almost sure we shouted her out before, but maybe I'm not. pretty sure we have too. She could be lying on her story. You might <laughs> want to repent. How to be a bad Christian. Lie. <laughs> That's the next episode. Serena. We're talking about Serena the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I've never met her. <laughs> Just kidding. Be awesome, Serena. Um, Darius met her. Um, what was I going to say? Um, I totally forgot my... Okay. Got yeah. to be a good Christian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to encourage you, you know, it's a good desire to want to be a good Christian. You know, that means you have some sense of like, ooh, I'm aware that I'm not where I want to be and I want to mm. be better. 
right? So that's good. That's a good mindset to have. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to encourage you that God's not after just your moral, moral uprightness. You know, God's after your heart. What are you hungry for? Are you hungering after God? Are you desiring God? Are you taking him seriously and not just white knuckled like I'm going to get through now. I'm going to be a better Christian. Gosh, darn it. But like really like relying on God, you know, that's what it comes down to is because God is the author and perfecter and finisher of your faith. He started your faith, your faith in him. And so he, he's going to be the one that's going to take you and lead you along the journey. Mm. You know, it's not like if he started it kind of like when you hit a horse and it just takes off running and then eventually it's going to run out of energy. It's not like he hit your faith and let it go running and it's going to run out. You know, he's holding you and he's walking you down this journey together with you. And, you know, so when you're on this journey and we're seeing God help me be a better Christian, one, he wants you to be a better Christian too, but being better means just loving him. He wants you to love him more and see him rightly and, and go after him and take him more seriously. And he wants that more than you do. So you can ask mm-hmm. him for that help and he will gladly help you. You know, so just know God, it's not about, Oh, are you doing enough good things? It's about mm-hmm. where's your heart? You know, that's the biggest thing. We talk about all the time in Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, and just be encouraged. If you feel like you're at a place where you're not being the best Christian or you don't really have it in you to really care too much or you're like, oh, like, I don't I don't know. I just don't really, like, feel like doing the Christian things right now. Be encouraged that the Bible says that a smoldering wick God will not put out in Matthew 12, 20. Um, it says it's a Jesus is, the Matthew's quoting from Isaiah about Jesus and it says a smoldering wick he will not put out a smoldering wick is like right when it's like on the, on a candle and it's got a little ash and it's just about to go out you know God's not just going to dismiss that because it's bad you know he's going to fan that flame and, and get you back to burning again you know and how encouraging is that because a smoldering wick is weak you know it's like Oh, the candle's been blown out and it's orange and it's fading. Hmm. That's a very, very weak thing to try to bring back to a fire. And if any of us tried, we might just put it out, Hmm. you know, but when God does it, he's going to fan that flame. And it says a broken reed, he won't, or a bruised reed, he won't break. I don't know anything about reeds, but I'm sure it's the same type of picture where it's like just barely hanging on. What's that? Are you sure? Reeds? Just kidding. Oh. I don't, I don't, okay, <laughs> but like, um, I love awkwardness. <laughs> me too. I so thrive, great. thrive. So great. Oh uh, yeah. Like when you're at your very weakest and you just feel like you can't hold on anymore, your faith is not in your hands really. Mm. You know, it's not up, it's not up to you about mm. how much of God you get. God gives you all of him. The Bible says that mm. he'll never leave us nor forsake us. So you have as much of God right now as you ever will. Now, how much you feel that, how close you feel to it, how aware of you, how aware of it are you, that can change. But the reality of how much he's given you hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. You know, so take hope that he's not going to put out a smoldering, a smoldering wick. You know, he's going to fan and he's going to, he's going to care for you. He's going to protect you and keep you and keep you safe because he loves you. Mm. Yeah, it's a good thing to remember what you said at the beginning that like to be a better Christian should be a desire, but it's not about like being better as in I need to to be better to be better, but I just need to go closer to Christ. To closer to Christ. You're not racing anybody to be better, right? Um, you're just continually growing on your journey with the Lord. And again, it's not about the stat sheet of I was this way and now I'm like, oh, I reached my goal of being better this month, right? It's like, man, you want to go closer to Christ? And as you continually do that, just like in a relationship, as you continually do that, 
it's great. You know, you're gonna be closer and closer and closer to the Lord, um, and you're not you're gonna be closer because you're falling in love with Him more, not because you're like looking at a statue like. I'm this much closer now and I'm this much closer mm-hmm. now. I'm, I'm in the world's eyes like this much better of a Christian, right? Like there's just disciplines that you begin to put into your life and things the Lord begins to teach you. Um, they're going to make you a better Christian, even though it's kind of a hard phrase to use. Right. There's a lot of connotations with it, but kind of why we use the term in the first place. Yeah. Okay. I hope you enjoyed podcasts. Hopefully you listen again next time because it was good this time. <laughs> and... See you later. Have fun. <laughs> Ethan's also not with me right now. If you're still listening, he's in. He I almost said Chicago. He's not in Chicago. He's in Michigan. No, I've been in Michigan for like fifteen days at this yeah, point. He's like in Michigan. Twenty days, close. To I me. am by myself. You have Chance and Ben. I have Chance and, and Ben. Okay. Okay. Goodbye. Feel bad for me. See you later. <laughs> <laughs>